What's up, everybody? Believe it or not, but here we are, quarter way into the season. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Dwight Chocolate NBA podcast. It's been a while, but we're back and we're here to review the 25% that's done with the season. We're, re- we're visiting the biggest surprises, the biggest disappointments, as well as double checking on our bold predictions and see the progress that's there. What's been your reaction so far, Sean? Uh, we're back, man. Hey, I, I miss you, man. It's been <laughs> way too long. I, I feel like I was missing a, I was missing a part of myself. <laughs> but we had Thanksgiving. We had some other, you know, other life stuff going on. But you know, this, this has been a season where it's lives up to the hype. Uh, there were yeah. a lot of expectations going into the season, uh, with a lot of players moving around and. Everyone was really excited to see how it would all pan out, and I, th- I think everyone's pretty pleased with the results so far. I- I'm really I'm really having a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and we'll go more deep into some of these disappointments and surprises, the ups and the downs, and, of course, the things we all saw coming, the steady swimmers, as we call them. Um, <laughs> but first, here's a quick pointless random trivia question for the season. I so who is currently leading the league in minutes played? So not average, so just total minutes played. Who? Hmm. Take a wild guess here. Um, we'll go LeBron James. Yep. I I thought you were gonna say that, and that's not a bad guess, but it's actually not. not. I mean, Uh, if it were that easy, I would have not asked this question. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, the current leader in minutes played up to this point is Andrew Wiggins. Whoa. Really? How many? 923 minutes and lebron james is second with 888 oh so okay i was i was close yeah i i figured like you would either say lebron james james harden uh russell westbrook kyrie irving some of these high usage guys but i was pretty surprised at it myself that andrew wiggins is leading the league in total minutes played yeah and he's not even really having that good of a season yeah that's very surprising Mm -hmm. huh yeah well let's get into it so right away let's go who are the biggest surprises here sean uh so i mean first up i mean you got to give it to the boston celtics i mean yeah after losing an all-star in gordon hayward everyone thought their season was over the experiment mm-hmm. was done they were gonna have to blow it all up at some point uh they're just gonna have to try to get their young guys uh going but you know they really hit the ground running to everyone's surprise yeah. Went on what, like a, a 16-game winning streak? Yeah, um, that was pretty impressive. And the thing, one of the things that impresses me about this team is they've sort of gutted out some of these wins. Like when you look at the regular season, there's some, there's some games on the schedule where you're like, okay, we might lose that one just due to travel. You know, yeah. just because you got the back-to-back or you're flying across the country or you're on an f- airplane, all these things. But the Boston Celtics just gut out some close games to keep that winning streak and keep some of those wins going. Um, by far, one of my biggest surprises as well. I, everybody kind of wanted to write them off as done, but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, even Marcus Smart, one of the worst shooters in the NBA at 31% <laughs> with 9.7 field goal attempts, is playing hard defense to keep this team afloat. How long they do it? Um, I don't really think they're gonna do it. They they're gonna keep this up for much longer. Oh, to man. be, you, I mean, you just cannot buy in. It's, no. it's the Laker bias. <laughs> Maybe, but I just so I still like I've mentioned before. I think they're a good team. I think they're gonna they're 
they're an upper tier Eastern Conference team, but I don't think they're the favorite coming out of the East. I think um, they're kind of bluffing you, you, still in a way. You still think the Bucks are going to beat them, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Let me remind you, the Atlanta Hawks one time finished number one in the East um, and were just yeah, swept in the playoffs. You know, <laughs> So it's very possible that they're just a really good regular season team, but they're really not that good. It's possible. I mean... You can't you can can you put that evil on them right now though the way that they're playing <laughs> like there's nothing but optimism going on there. I mean they got five guys averaging double digit scoring on that mm-hmm. team. Uh the second best defense, which for yeah. a young team, a young team playing second best defense in the league, like that is so rare. Like I feel like that is got to be an outlier. Oh yeah. I think that's just kind of speaks partly to the character of some of these guys and also the coaching from Brad Stevens to really get his team to to buy in and not sort of let that morale die. I mean, guys like Jalen Brown could very have easily just looked at this season and been like, okay, so we're not winning games. Let me just go get my numbers so I can set myself <laughs> yeah. up for a big extension next year. Um, or Jason Tatum kind of just floating around, just kind of going by his rookie year and enjoying the NBA lifestyle. But these guys have bought in and they're winning games. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have these guys on contract for a few years on their rookie contracts at least. Um, they'll mm-hmm. be due. At, at this rate, they're going to be due some big paychecks. So I think for the next two years, though, the Celtics are going to be quite the force, especially because they'll have Kyrie on contract for two more years, Gordon Hayward for two more years. It's pretty scary, man. Yeah. Like This is just the beginning for them. Yeah. How would you? Do you think Kyrie Irving has anything to do with this? Uh, Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> he's the leader of yeah. that team, man. He's averaging the most points. He's like the veteran of the team, even though he's only 26 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been around the block, man. He's won an NBA championship. He's led his True. team yeah, all the way to the finals three times. I mean, alongside LeBron James. But you could argue that Kyrie just had, had almost as much to do that with almost as much to do with that as him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has, he's such an important part. Yeah, definitely on the scoring end. I, I kind of question his – is he really a leadership type guy? I don't know. I think I have my so. doubts. I don't really he, have anything to base it on, but I for some reason I have a doubt. I have doubts. So uh, I like – I don't know if this is correct or not. I like to base leadership on, like, how much – like, how much do you stand out, you know? Right. Like, how mm-hmm. much do you stand out in the NBA? You're not just, like – taking a back seat you're not like just going with the flow you have opinions mm-hmm. on things and uh, he has a lot of opinions on things that's for sure yeah i but mean he's a dynamic personality in the nba and i think that type of personality lends itself to a good leader on an nba team yeah yeah especially when you look at the type of team that's uh, i mean the core guys that are around him a lot of these guys are younger than him so He's got that. A lot of these guys probably look up to Kyrie Irving. I mean, he's probably the guy that a lot of these dudes um, watched while they were early in their college years or late in their high school NBA careers. Yeah, and I think the front office is definitely, like, a huge part of this, too. You can't forget that. Like, they're Mm -hmm. bringing in guys that they know have the right personality to mesh together mature personalities for guys their age. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's all around good stuff. You think Kyrie Irving's a good enough leader – to sort of lead a seminar during 
halftime where they discuss whether or not the earth is really flat. <laughs> yeah, he's woke, man. That's that's all you need to know. Yeah, but moving on from there, I mean, the Eastern Conference in general has just been a big surprise to me. Uh, the, you got the Indiana Pacers out there. You yeah. got the eight seed currently has a 52% winning winning record. I mean, we all thought that that eight seed, anything lower than maybe the six seed was just going to be a disastrous. <laughs> right. But you can make the argument that the Eastern Conference, um, in terms of winning percentage, is just as competitive as the West. And one of those teams that's kind of helping out the entire Eastern Conference look a little bit better is the Detroit Pistons, who are off to a 14-9 and start, and we're 14-6 and before this three-game losing streak. Um, but despite that losing streak, they're looking good. They're looking like a team that wants to be in that upper tier in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, they have some really quality wins. Um, Andre Drummond just looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, 15 rebounds a game. That's absolutely absurd. Uh, yeah. Like, there's no way that's sustainable, but, like, to be averaging that, like, a quarter of the way through the season is still very impressive. Right. Yeah, Andre Drummond has really emerged as a guy who wants to be one of the top big men in the league. I mean, you can make the argument that maybe he's right there with uh, Anthony Davis and some of these guys. And part of that is because of his improved free throw percentage. I mean, Detroit can just can now have him on the floor a little bit longer than they used <laughs> right. to. Yeah. So no more hack a DeAndre. No right. More hack an Andre. <laughs> yeah. So because his free throw percentage has improved, I was kind of a little bit curious to see, well, let's see how much better really is it. Um, can you guess? How many NBA starters have a worse free throw percentage than Andre Drummond right now? Uh, there's probably a pretty good amount. Like, since he's improved this year, I'll mm-hmm. go with, like, 25%. 25? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not that high. Okay. But it's still... I was still... expecting it to be surprising. So, it's still pretty... You'll be surprised by some of these names. So, there's actually seven guys right now who are currently oh, attempting okay. just just <laughs> as many free throws as Andre Drummond and have a worse free throw percentage. Um, and by worse, we're talking yeah. 64%. And mm-hmm. these are some of these names. Thaddeus <laughs> Young, Antoine Moore, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan, no surprise yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lonzo Ball. Yep. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith? That's what? right, J.R. Smith, what? 38.7%. Oh, no, 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 no that, that's field goal. Never. Oh. <laughs> no, that would have been horrendous. I was like, no. But, no. <laughs> but he is shooting 57% from the free throw line right now. Oh, that's still super bad. Yeah. Um, and one of your dudes right here from the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown, oh, 60%. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then. Not great. The phenom himself, Ben Simmons, shooting 56% from the free throw line. Yeah. You can't do it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Smith, though, man, he's a shooter. How yeah, can that is a surprise. That's sad. Man, poor JR. He's really falling off. Age has really crept up on him. Right, and this is a dude, and his team's still winning, though, and he's starting. This is a guy who's averaging 31 minutes a game, um, <laughs> shooting 57% from the free throw line as a guard, as a quote-unquote shooter. Man. Yeah, uh, they, they just must put him in the corner and just, like, let him sit there. Just don't get in the way, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah Detroit, Detroit's looking great, though. I mean, Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Reggie Jackson, like, mm-hmm. all these guys are great starters. I wouldn't necessarily put them in any all-star talks mm-hmm. but they're just a solid team i don't know if that's going to be enough to get them to sustain this type of record throughout the whole season though i see them yeah. still being more like a 40 
five win team. Yeah. So they'll go like five hundred for the rest of the year, maybe. Yeah, you. Yeah, I kind of I do sense a big losing streak coming at some point, or this might just be a team who's kind of just barely hanging on to maintain this this type of momentum, and all it's gonna take is one guy who goes out for a week or two and just makes this whole team fall apart, kind of like the way the Grizzlies kind of just fell yeah. apart once Mike Conley came. Yeah, all it took is just one guy, and they just unraveled. Yeah, I mean, you could you could make that case for a lot of teams, but I mean, True. It's, it's cool to see that the Pistons are out here. They're playing hard, and uh, you just love to see stories like this in the NBA where, like, nothing goes according to plan. Yeah, and, and to that note, also, you got Tobias Harris, who has been playing good, and he's a young guy. I didn't realize how many years he's already been in the league. He's only 25. No, yeah, that's pretty young. Yeah, so he's still got some better seasons ahead of him, and Andre Drummond, of course, is breaking out. So this could be the starting block for maybe something that leads into next year, possibly, but it's a good yeah, start. Totally. Yeah. And it's important for Stan Van Gundy. He's keeping his president slash coaching job, maybe. Yeah, man, that that yeah, it's big for him for sure. Yeah, but on the note that teams out there are barely hanging on with with their momentum, and all their all it takes is one guy for them to unravel. That's not the case with the Utah Jazz, who are winning games even though they lo they just lost Rudy Gobert. He just came back though, but he he was gone for four weeks. But oh, Utah he just Jazz came back? Yeah, he came back for this oh. OKC game. Oh, and they lost. Whoa. <laughs> yeah and they lost <laughs> <laughs> he should have stayed out yeah, yeah six game winning streak for the jazz while rudy gobert is out i did not see that coming that like that i thought that they were just gonna lose they'd be at like eight and 15 like the clippers are now mm -hmm. like just reeling but man donovan mitchell i was yep. i was saying it before the season and he's proven me right this guy can ball yeah it took some struggles. Like we, they, he was on our list for worst performances of the week a couple times. <laughs> you know, you got to get through the hard times to get to the good times. You know, like, right? You just got to keep. He is growing pretty quickly to get to this. Eventually, point. they're gonna go in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, alongside Donovan Mitchell, also Alex Burks. Have you heard of this guy? He's actually scored yeah. over 20, <laughs> 20 points the last three weeks. Yeah, I don't know where he came from. I think he was playing before. I don't really know. He wasn't yeah. injured or anything, but yeah, he just decided to show up and man, did he come at a good time? Uh, yeah. Utah figured out a way to score. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now they currently have the third best defense in the league. So this is a team that's scrapping. Um, and they got Ricky Rubio, who's also become a major contributor to this team. And this is the type of guy that people kind of assumed was on his way out of this league that maybe he was going to be a bench player at some point and really quickly just, kind of fizzle away but ricky rubio saving his career on the with the utah jazz <laughs> yeah he's, he's not doing much but he's just doing enough yeah uh definitely exactly. overshadowed by a lot of the guys on that team still mm -hmm. but man with rudy gobert back now and donovan mitchell having become the scorer that he is and then rodney hood and alec burke have their good game sometimes mm -hmm. this is looking like a playoff team i hate to say it i really hate to say it because <laughs> i just had no faith in them at all none yeah, I mean, there w it's kind of funny because sort of to start the year, we thought that that ninth, that eight and seven seed, maybe even down to the 10 seed, were all going to be really competitive. But now when you're <laughs> looking at it, there's kind yeah. of a gap forming there between oh, yeah. the Utah Jazz, the Clippers, the Lakers, um, and even the Pelicans are breaking away from everybody else as well. And it almost seems like right now it's setting up for it's being set up for the Utah Jazz to 
walk away with that eight seed without much much fight from some of these other teams. Yeah, super disappointing. And speaking of disappointing, we're going <laughs> to go to the biggest disappointment so far this season. And what better team to start out with than my Los Angeles Clippers? Yeah, start talk about four that. 4-0. 4-0 start, man. Yeah, with that huge win against the Lakers, I mean, that was a clobber. <laughs> I mean, Blake yeah. Griffin looked like the best player in the league out there against <laughs> the Lakers. All right, well, well I mean, I can't just say the Clippers suck. I could say yeah. that their their luck sucks for sure. Mm-hmm. Their karma is just awful. Uh, eight and fourteen after that hot start. Um, uh, lost six in a row there. Um, injuries are the big story though. I mean, Pat Beverly has knee surgery. He's done for the season. Mm-hmm. Austin Rivers decides to injure Blake Griffin, <laughs> and uh, he's out two months now. I don't know where the hell Milos <laughs> Teodosic has been. Where is this guy? I've I've literally seen no news for him. I don't know why he's out. I don't know how long he's out, but he's just been out the entire time. So he did get an injury at some point in the beginning of the year. Yeah, it was like the first game. Yeah, I don't really remember what it was and what kind of developed from there, though. You're right. There has been no news. I don't know. It's these sneaky Europeans, man. I don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> yeah, Milo's uh, magic. He's yeah. like magic. He disappears. <laughs> he disappears. <laughs> Awful. But uh, Danilo Gallinari actually came back tonight. He's playing against the Timberwolves. Uh, we're getting clobbered in that game uh, right now. But he's back. So he, he returned. So there's one. We got one back. Uh, hopefully we can get the other guys back soon in Blake and Milo's. Pat's done for the season. But, yeah, it's just – there's just nothing good going on. I mean, two months for Blake Griffin, what that sets him up for a return some point in February, maybe yeah, late like February, early, early February, early February. Yeah. Oh man, I guess there's still they'll enough be out time. of it by then. They'll be way out of it by then. You think so? There's no way. Are you kidding me? Without the, your best <laughs> player, that no, they're gonna be so far below 500. It's not even gonna matter. How about this? Do you think mathematically, so just like, you know, like math still says that there's a way for them to make it. You Are yeah. you, you think they'll be that bad where math even says like, no, it's impossible <laughs> for this team. Oh, it like at, in February. Yeah. Uh, no, they'll, they'll still be mathematically, in it, <laughs> but realistically not even close. They would, yeah. they would need the thunder and the jazz to start like, or like the thunder continue underperform. We'll talk about them in a minute. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz would need to start falling off again, too. Uh, like, they need to rely on other teams doing bad, which is already bad. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I guess they would have to rely also that none of these, I guess the Lakers, which is kind of unlikely, but the Lakers sort of have this emergence. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they have the same record as the Lakers basically right now. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that doesn't, that's not looking too good for them. Yeah. Yeah, and like we mentioned, like there's this, there's a big gap being opened up right now between the Pelicans, the Jazz, and the Trailblazers, and everybody else. Um, and we thought that gap was going to be a lot smaller. We thought it was going to be like a one and one to two game difference there, but yeah, that's not really looking to be the case, at least at this point. Makes for an exciting season, though. Yeah, true. But I mean, kind of sucks for the Clippers, but hey, <laughs> Lou Williams is getting a lot of playing time. That guy's gonna. Yeah. That guy can a ball. staple in this league. No, he can ball. He can he can put up thirty if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, his passing is like hit and miss. I've seen him yeah. miss like a good amount of lobs to DeAndre, where he just throws it out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, so he he's he's no point. He's no true point guard. 
Uh, yeah, we we need we need a point guard back badly. I agree, and I kind of really disappointed because this team looked awesome. They looked like a fun team to watch with DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Gallinari. But once Gallinari went out, it, the team just kind of lost its swagger in a bit. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, Blake being out is like the absolute worst. Right, like, and that's once that just, happened, it was just game over. Yeah, that was just like the the stab to the already wounded animal. <laughs> you were so wounded. <laughs> yeah, but. Gosh, I I know you're you to you the Clippers are a big disappointment, but to me, I think OKC right here is the biggest disappointment. Yeah, more disappointing, really. Yeah, because there was so much hype, and then even like the Rocky <laughs> yeah. start, you're like, okay, well the Miami Heat the Miami Heat went through the same thing. The Cavaliers went through the same thing. Look at the Cavaliers now; they're just kicking ass. They're on this huge win streak, but yeah. Oklahoma City still hasn't figured it out. I mean, what's going on here? And it's like, these. this is a good defensive team. They're ranked third in defensive efficiency. Um, they're holding their opponent, opponents, opponents down in scores. Uh, they're leading, I think they're like third in steals in league, or leading the league in steals, actually. But <laughs> they just can't seem to score the ball, and that's what yeah. we all thought they were going to be the best at. Yeah, for as good as they've been defensively, I mean... You have here their 18th in turnovers, which is a little below average, mm. and the fourth worst field goal percentage as a team. Yeah, that's what's doing. They, I mean, I, I just, I haven't seen too many Thunder games, but I'm envisioning that they just jack up a lot of jump shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because yeah. the spacing is, they just don't have the spacing down yet. Yeah, it was it was really weird. I've watched a couple of their games, and it seems like a lot of their their scores do come off their defense, which is good. I mean, when you're a great team, that's that is what you do. But at the same time, you can't just always rely on that. I mean, you've got to be able to score something in the half court sets, um, or to start the game off before any momentum starts building. And this team just kind of struggles. Like you either got Russell Westbrook dribbling, 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 going to the right <laughs> side of the and just popping up a shot, or he. Or he kind of just whips it out to Paul George. Paul George kind of takes a contested three. Um, mm-hmm. It just it, there's no beauty in the way they play the offense offensive game. To, I guess that'd be the yeah. best way to describe it. When you look at the Warriors or the Cavaliers or some of these good teams, it's almost like you're watching a uh, a dance routine, a perfected <laughs> dance routine. I like it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A cool I mean, there's idea. like rhythm. Um, people know where they got to be. People go to the spot where they catch the ball and make that more extra pass. Whereas OKC is kind of just. Um, just isolation ball in a way. Yeah, it's like you either like so you just pass it to one guy and just like clear the space for him, and that's really yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard people say that Billy Donovan's to blame here, and at first I was kind of hesitant to say that, but man, maybe that <laughs> is the that is the blame person. Well, on, to his defense, also OKC has a terrible bench. Um, oh, Alex Sabrinas, yeah. Raymond Felton, some of these guys cannot <laughs> score. And then, I mean, you got Andre Robertson in the starting lineup, which also isn't a field goal percentage helper there. So I mean, how, how do you remedy the bench situation? Like, do you have one of your guys, like George or Anthony, do you have one of them come off the bench? I think you're going to have to do that. And to me, the most obvious guy is going to have to be Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Um, I think you got to have him come off the bench. And, Sure, I mean he's gonna his pride might take a hit. Oh yeah, but no, his ego. I don't think he could handle that. Yeah, and I don't think it'll be because of a, because I mean Carmelo Anthony can certainly start in this league basically for any team out there outside of maybe the yeah. Warriors because there's no way you're starting him over <laughs> Kevin Durant. <Right>. But <laughs> I, 
I mean, yeah, he's probably going to have to come off the bench. That bench needs some help. Um, they're losing leads when the bench comes in. Uh, they need to build something there. And certainly it's just too much to have those three guys in at the same time for the entirety of the game. I think you got to bring Carmelo Anthony off the bench at some points in the third quarter when Paul George and Russell Westbrook are resting um, at points in the second quarter. And then maybe you bring them on the floor to close the game with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, but maybe they don't see the floor together until then. Yeah. That's so hard though. They just, they haven't been able to figure out the closing minutes very well mm -hmm. with all three guys on the floor. And I think you do chalk that up to Billy Donovan, not figuring it out. And, yeah. you know, maybe he's just experimenting right now. Maybe he's just using the regular season as an experiment to like, see what would work once the playoffs get here. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to say. I, I mean, no signs to me point that this team's not going to make the playoffs. I still think that they're a very high chance of making it. Yeah. Um, and finishing the regular season with a winning record. Uh, okay. I think they'll turn it on. I think they'll turn it on towards the end of the regular season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So at the beginning of the year, I predicted that they would finish second. I think right. you said, did you say third? I said, I probably, I either said second or third with the Rockets being one or the other. Yeah. So, at this point, what are your odds? Do you think this team still finishes up in the top three? No. No, yeah. they don't. Especially That's... since the Spurs have been playing so well and Kawhi is not even playing. They're just going to yeah. get better once he comes back. Um, yeah, the Spurs I, I see are just a machine. I don't think the Thunder will even have a first-round uh, home advantage. I think they'll finish fifth at best. Yeah. I mean, I think you're – being a little op more optimistic than me really oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I i think they're gonna go six okay yeah i could see that too i mean fifth was like my best case scenario mm -hmm. this is this is a tough this is tough because um you don't really have much leverage here to improve your situations i'm not sure if sam presti already used up all his luck here but or maybe you can pick up a big free agent that kind of gets yeah. a buyout at some point this season. And they should trade for Jaleel Okafor, man. They should trade oh. for Jaleel Okafor. Right. But who do you give? I mean, are this, I like the 76ers? Give him like a pick or something. I don't know. Give him a pick and like oh, Alex Abrinas. <laughs> yeah, 2025 <laughs> and Alex Abrinas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, that's the problem right now with OKC is their asset situation is pretty bad considering, like, I mean, they already gave most of them up this summer to get really great guys, which is good. Yeah. But if you're if these guys are just your one-year rental and you're really going in all – you're going all in for this year, you got to make another move. You got to improve that bench somehow. I'm so not really sure how. <laughs> let me pose this question to you. Do you think that they would be a lot better if they didn't get Carmelo Anthony? And if they and they kept Dougie McBuckets and Ennis Cantor, man, I mean, I guess like that's some good depth right yeah. there. Yeah. So if you if I look at this strictly, like I forget about who Carmelo Anthony is and what he's done, and like I'm a first year NBA fan, all I know is what <laughs> I know this year. Yeah. I would say, yeah, maybe OKC would have been a better off team. They'd probably be honestly like the seventh seed right yeah, now. And it, yeah. If you're a guy that looks at the stats too, it's like. You look at it, you're like, okay, Carmelo averages like, I don't know what, 40-something-odd percent field goal mm -hmm. shooting and like 18 points a game. But then you look over at the Knicks, and you're like, wow, that guy Ennis Cancer averages like a double-double every game. Yeah. And Doug McDermott can put up some numbers too. Like, 
I'd probably rather have that, you know? It's not like Anthony's really made any noise in OKC. He's been really mm-hmm. quiet. Like, he hasn't yeah. been in the media at all. No. I, I agree with you. Ennis Cantor, he's... I mean, he's not playing great, but he's playing good. He's doing, like, sort of... He's, like, the type of guy that you want on your team. He has a role, and he plays up to it at its best every night. Like, Ennis Cantor is double-double almost every night right now yeah. for the New York Knicks at a pretty good field goal percentage. He's killing it, it for your fantasy team, huh? Yeah, he absolutely is. <laughs> he was a great pickup. People doubted him. Even I, I doubted d- him. I doubted him, yeah. Everyone doubted him. He's like, oh, it's Ennis Cantor. Who is that? Yeah, and he's doing it off like 20 minutes a game, 22, 23. Like, that is a wow. guy that you want. Like, okay, see, having a guy like that right now, they would that would substantially improve their team. Um, totally. But, but it's too bad you got to let go of some pieces to get what you want, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how, how what this team looks like the next time, the next quarter that ends, which we would be at 50%. Um, hopefully they're in playoff position by then. I think they will be. Yeah, but moving on from there, Oak, Oklahoma City is my biggest disappointment, but if I had to rank, rank these second, Lonzo Ball, man. <laughs> you had to put him. You had to put him, didn't you? I had to. And we've had to mention Lonzo LeVar Ball at every single one every, of our podcasts. Every week, man. <laughs> I don't think we've missed one podcast with Lonzo or LeVar not involved. Man, and I try not to involve it, but <laughs> it's just... It's so enticing. Yeah, it's like, man, Lonzo, I, uh, Lonzo Ball, just straight up, I did not... I did not buy into the crazy hype like i did not think lonzo yeah. ball is going to come out here and get 20 and 10 his rookie year <laughs> as you or, should yeah yeah or even 15 and 10 i thought you know what lonzo ball is going to come out here and you know average 10 points and eight assists 40 percent shooting you know nothing 40 <laughs> percent shooting wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing great but decent you know just decent basically what De'Aaron fox is averaging right now 10.3 point oh. 10.3 points 40% shooting and 4.2 assists. Yeah, less great. on the assists, but uh, he's, he yeah. was coming off the bench to start the season, so that's those are pretty good numbers given that. Yeah, yeah, and that's the advantage that Alonzo Ball I knew was going to have. Like, he was going to start just – there really is nobody else out there, and I didn't think the <laughs> Lakers were going to spend money to get any um, above-average NBA point guard. Um, so I thought, <laughs> okay, he's going to get 35 minutes. There's no reason he can't at least get to 10 points. Or like you know four point four assists, but no, yeah. he comes out here and shoots thirty percent from the field, <laughs> averaging like pl- plus four turnovers a game. Oh. <laughs> he comes out here and just oh, puts together some of the worst numbers in NBA history. This is crazy I mean, though is that he does this, but. Everyone forgets about it when he has, like, one good game out of, like, the last seven. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, there it is. That's that's the Lonzo is going to be the best player in the league in a few years. And it's they're overreacting so much to everything he does, and the numbers yeah. don't lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I wonder how many NBA point guards, if you gave them as much of a green light as Lonzo Ball has with the Lakers right now and the same minutes, man, the rate of – triple doubles i wonder how much more greater it would be than lonzo balls like if you gave that green light to De'Aaron fox or i don't even know like michael carter williams 
Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> yeah, he he puts up he put up some good numbers when he was on the 76ers that rookie year. Yeah, exactly. But Lonzo Ball, I mean, I knew he wasn't a shooter, but to really shoot that bad 30% on 10 att- 10 attempts a game. Come on, man. What is going on here? <laughs> and there's times where he doesn't even play the fourth quarter at all. Right. Like, what's it's gotten to that? that point. It's I mean, like he, he's you're not, not even gonna, you're, top five clutch guy on the team. No. I mean, you got. it's kind of like you have to take him out of the game because you're not going to win any games if you keep playing him at that rate. You know what I mean? It's just right. it's, it's gotten to the point where it's, it's the, like the basketball – um, outcome outweighs a development benefits. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, Luke Walton wants to keep his job. You know, he doesn't want to, <laughs> he doesn't want to lose six games in a row, which they already <laughs> have close to it. Yeah. I mean, so what do you think though? Do you think he'll be able to turn it around this season or ever? I mean, I don't know. So here's this. So I just went into the, so NBA.com's got this interesting tool where you can filter out specific stats um, and look back at historical data. So I inputted, right. give me a player who's averaged greater or equal to 30 minutes a game, greater or equal to 10 field goal attempts while shooting worse than 32% from the field. And I went back 15 years and oh, not okay. a single 15. player oh, came up. No. Oh, no. So then I dropped the, the criteria even lower. I said, okay, twenty at least 25 minutes on at least seven field goal attempts. Okay. Not one single no, player. No, nobody. <laughs> so what that means is either Lonzo Ball is putting up historical low numbers or there's a chance he's going to improve those numbers by the end of the NBA season. <laughs> wow. that That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's either extremely hopeful or extremely terrifying. Yeah. I'm going with terrifying right now. Because he, he's not going to change his shot, at least until the season's over. Yeah. But here's aye, the thing, aye. though. Some of these shots he's missed were not even, like, difficult shots. They were, like, literally wide-open oh, no, yeah, threes. Wide-open threes, yeah. Layups to the basket. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But there it is. Second-worst well, disappointment for me is Lonzo Ball, first Oklahoma City. Okay. And then the Clippers, I'm, I'll I'm, agree. I'm going with the Clippers, and then OKC, <laughs> and then Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Just because I, I had to put the Clippers first, man. Yeah. All right. On a brighter note, let's go. Quarter season MVP. Who's your pick, Sean? All right. So, I mean, I'm not sure what your rankings look like. They probably look exactly like my rankings, <laughs> and they probably look like everyone else's rankings. <laughs> I got to right. put James Harden first. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's tough when you're when you have LeBron James still playing basketball to put anyone above him, but James Harden is just shooting the lights out. 31.7 points a game, 5.1 rebounds, 9.7 assists. Uh, unbelievable. Just crazy yeah. good. Uh, and then I have LeBron second. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. And the Cavs are on a 13-game winning streak now. So they really <laughs> – they took them less time than we thought it would to find their groove again. Like, yep. It's just – out of nowhere and then <laughs> third i have Giannis, and fourth Kyrie. yeah i gotta say mine mirrors exactly yours i got james I harden figured. number one <laughs> yeah i mean it's kind of these guys just clearly broke out from the rest of the pack and russell westbrook's obviously paired up with paul george um kevin durant's playing 
good, but these guys are just playing better. And not to blame Durant and Curry. I mean, they've, they're obviously a star-studded team. Um, yeah. But yeah, James Harden leading these Houston Rockets, the second best record in the NBA right now. Right, yeah, second best record in the NBA. Um, second in assists per game, leading and second in the league, leading the league in points per game, and third player in efficiency rating. Um, the only guys above him in efficiency rating are the other dudes in, on this list as well, LeBron James uh, and Giannis leading the league in efficiency rating. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's what's really cool about LeBron too is that he just hasn't missed a beat, you know? Yeah. He's still putting up the same numbers he put up last year. Uh, he's shooting the best field goal shooting of his career and the best free throw shooting of his career too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just keeps getting better for him, but it's crazy that we wouldn't put him as number one, even though that's the case. Like, yeah. Even though he's putting up 28, 7.9 rebounds and 8.5 assists, we're not putting him as the front runner for MVP. Yeah. I mean, James Harden is just, he's hitting his stride. I mean, if you look at James Harden, he's been at the top of his game for the last three years, and he's yeah. been right there in the MVP discussion, if not if not second, like third. Um, and this is the year that he, I think he's kind of just either he's had enough or it's just <laughs> it's just it's just a thing. Like he's just playing as well as he is because he's ready to win. Um, the team's behind him. He's got Chris Paul a lo- uh, helping him out with some things, and. I mean, he's leading that Rockets team to some wins, and it's been a surprise. They're still ranked above the Warriors. The Warriors are one game behind them. I don't know. I mean, Curry just went out. I'm not sure if the Warriors catch him anytime soon. So it's fun to see James Harden ball out like this. Yeah, Houston's definitely not slowing down. I mean, well, Harden's there. Um, they had a really good record without CP3 being there. You know, right. like he, he missed every game until like the last seven. Mm-hmm. And I mean now, now that CP3 is back, they haven't lost a game. Like they're just looking way too good. And James mm-hmm. Harden just looks way too smooth every time he shoots the ball. Like yeah. every time he drives, it just looks so easy for him. It's just unbelievable how they just—he just, just kind of does whatever he wants. Yeah, it's it's a uh, props to James Harden. He's um he's ranked above for a lot of people he's ranked above some really flashy players some of the flashiest players probably in nba history when you're talking james uh lebron james and giannis right now and even kyrie irving with those handles and james (laughs) harden does sort of does it in this slow motion smooth way that's kind of like weird to watch at times (laughs) yeah no that's totally true yeah giannis i mean we'll we'll give him a little bit of credit we Mm -hmm. both have him as third on our list 29.9 points a game that's seven mm-hmm. more points a game than he averaged last year. Wow. I did That's not realize abs- that was that. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And he's averaging 10.2 rebounds a game too, which is also a career high. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think if you were only to take like the first few weeks of the NBA season, he probably would have been leading the MVP race. Yeah. Obviously, he regressed a little bit back to the mean, but like he's still playing unbelievable basketball, and he's an unbelievable human being player. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a he's like a walking cheat code sometimes out yeah. there when you watch him play. Like the way he's built is like it's hard to do that like building your own player in like NBA 2K. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he literally will like at times take three steps and all of a sudden, "Well, I'm already at the hoop. Might as yeah. well just dunk it." <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw this uh this highlight where he literally took one dribble from half court to drive to the basket. 
Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like, <laughs> it's, he's so big. It's ridiculous. He's so big, so quick. And yeah. then, I mean, you got you got Kyrie Irving on this list, too. I mean, averaging 23.5 and five assists is nothing crazy. Like, the numbers aren't mm-hmm. crazy. But he's also playing three minutes per game less than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, while still averaging similar numbers. So uh, he's as efficient as ever. Yeah. On the league's best team, so that counts for a lot. Yeah, and I remember I touched touched on Kyrie Irving a little bit in a previous podcast, and I kind of mentioned how his efficiency dropped down, and at that point his field goal percentages had dropped a couple points um, compared to last year on the Cavaliers, but he's brought those back up, and he's finding his rhythm, and it looks like he's really just on an upswing alongside that Boston Celtics team. So, I mean, he's right now we got him at four or five, but maybe Kyrie Irving breaks closer to LeBron James and says hi to him in the MVP <laughs> rankings. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure he'll have something to say about that. But for now, it's James Harden's to lose. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. So moving on here. So every now and then, even a quarter way into the season, you got people who are ready technically basically in vacation mode or as i like to call it in fishing mode so who's gone fishing (laughs) players that are basically done for the season teams that are probably irrelevant for the rest of the year and also on a sadder note fired personnel no (laughs) (laughs) well i mean the saddest one in my opinion well no there's some sad ones on here i won't say saddest but this this is super sad yeah coach fizdale man yeah. He got done dirty. Fired after Marcus Saul whined and whined <laughs> for not playing in the waning minutes of a fourth quarter loss. And Fizdale takes the fall so that the Grizzlies organization can keep Gasol happy. Yeah. Ah, it's just I just totally hate everything about that. Yeah, Coach Fizz was one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. He had such an electric personality very outspoken guy um he just wasn't afraid to say his opinions you know whether they were political and he knew they were going to upset people or basketball or even calling the league out on national tv a couple (laughs) times like yeah legendary yeah this is a guy that that he looked that's surprising because he looked to me like this is the type of coach that players loved you know he was like the opposite of a george carl um George Carl calling out his players on the media. Instead, Coach Fizz would defend his team and stand up to the league, the refs, on national TV. Like, that's the type of guy that I thought he was. I thought he was the type of guy that if he got fired, it wouldn't have been because of a player. It would have been more because, you know, uh, friction between the owners or the front office or whatever. So, yeah, it really makes you wonder, like, what like what was the beef between him and Gasol, you know? Like, mm-hmm. as we see Fizdale as this guy, like, looking on the outs- from the outside looking in, we see him as this guy that stands up for his players and is really loyal to his team. Yeah. And then you hear Gasol, like, just whining about him. And it's like, now that just doesn't seem right, you know? There's something yeah. there's something off about this whole picture. Yeah. Uh, if, if I, I don't know. If I had to give just, like, an easy, simple explanation for it, I would just say it's – I think it just comes with the territory of losing games, especially – the way Memphis did it. I mean, you start off the season red hot. You're you were one point the number one team in the Western Conference for like two weeks, um, and then yeah. all out of nowhere you just basically lose. What did they lose? Like two out of ten, ten games. Yeah, something, something like or, that. Or, or they only won two out of ten games. I mean, <laughs> uh, 
So, you know, it's like you attribute so much of that to your best player being out. Mm-hmm. You can't just fire the coach because your best player is out or else Doc Rivers would be hitting the street a while ago also. <laughs> you know? That's true. It's like that you is can't, true. Uh, you can't do that. It's just so wrong. Like you had you were in a playoff contention when your team was together, Mike Conley was playing. Mm-hmm. And you just like instantly try to find a scapegoat for just because he's hurt and you're starting to lose games and you're gonna be a lottery team. Yeah. It's horrible. I think this just kind of speaks a little bit to the organization. I mean, sure, I think Marcus Saul had a little bit of something, but I think it was ultimately the organization that made the decision to fire him. So I think it kind of speaks that they're maybe they might be in a desperate position right now. I mean, you're not winning games. You just lost Mike Conley. Um, you lost a bunch of the a bunch of like the main Memphis Grizzlies core guys, dudes that were selling you merchandise last year to free agency. <laughs> Yeah, and now you got Chandler Parsons' huge contract, Marcus Saul's contract, and you don't have really anybody to develop. I mean, looking at the Memphis team, Fizz was kind of just like a fault of the circumstance. Like he just he has he has a bad team really outside of Marcus Saul and Mike Conley. Some of yeah. these guys, I don't even know if they would they could really make anybody else's roster. True. Outside of Tyreek Evans, maybe. Yeah, Tyreek Tyreek Evans playing pretty well, but yeah, I think I think. He's going to get another chance to coach in the NBA, Fizdale is. I mean, Phoenix is probably looking for a head coach still. Uh, I don't know what Orlando is up to. I'm sure they could (laughs) use a better coach. Maybe Uh, There's definitely teams that are going to be really interested in Fizdale. He's been been in the playoffs. I mean, he's a young coach, got a lot of fire still. Yeah. I think he'll land on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. This is just dirty. I mean, this is the – I was just thinking right now, like Fizdale, the way he led that, the way that Memphis team played last year in the playoffs, that team had no business in the playoffs, but Fizdale <laughs> kind of just maxed out their guys, maxed totally. out the guys and they played hard. They made some noise and they do it year after year. Um, and I, I mean, this kind of just sucks, but this could be showing signs of that. This is them. This might be the end of the Memphis era for a while. Uh, yeah, it's funny though because we said that at the beginning of the season we're like man yeah, this, is, this is the end of the grit and grind era yeah and then we're like and then the this nba season started we're like oh wait never mind it's still yeah. around and now we're like oh wait now it's dead again <laughs> it, it's trying to keep itself afloat yeah it is i think it's struggling and i think it's really only a matter of time before they make the ultimate decision where they trade either marcus soul or mike conley yeah I, it's gonna I be would... Gasol. Well, mm-hmm. Maybe not, not maybe not anymore. If you're if you're willing to fire your head coach just to keep Gasol around, yeah, maybe yeah. it is Conley. Ah, there's such dysfunction there. Right, it's gonna be something to be on the lookout for. I'm sure a lot of teams are, are, are especially if you're the Cavaliers or the Boston Celtics, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are probably looking at Memphis and, and waiting to see when how bad this this kind of fizzles out so you can, make a trade for one of these one of these dudes yeah and then um as far as teams that are going fishing we're calling it early <laughs> i i would say this is about a 99.9 percent chance these teams have no chance in the playoffs the yeah. chicago bulls the atlanta hawks the dallas mavericks and the sacramento kings <laughs> do, you, do you think yeah. any need to be added to this list or do you think that pretty much covers it I mean, you maybe the Phoenix Suns. Dylan, okay, yeah. um, Dylan Brooks just went down with an injury. Oh yeah, yeah and uh, Devin Booker's out for a few weeks now too. 
Yeah, I mean Devin Booker. Why did I say Dylan Brooks? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Dylan, oh yeah, that's the Memphis guy who <laughs> yeah. I didn't know was an NBA player that was starting for them. Right. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, NBA starter. You got Mario Chalmers who just t- came off a torn Achilles also being one of the bench the leading bench minutes dude on in Memphis as well. So. <laughs> but yeah, in but terms yeah, so of like, the Suns, you'd add them to this list mm-hmm. too. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I mean Chicago, you're you got like you got internal locker room drama you're gonna eventually have to deal with once uh Mirotech <laughs> comes back. Oh, That's gonna man. be the leading yeah. drama there. Oh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, John Collins continues to play pretty well, the young guy. Uh Dennis Schroeder playing good, but the Atlanta Hawks, yeah, they're, they're the irrelevant. Hawks. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they're the Hawks, that's it. Yep. Dallas. The Mavs. Uh, you know, the Mavs seem like they should be a better team than they are. Don't yeah, you think? I agree. And <laughs> this just this just so I got this story that I just read about that just kind of speaks <laughs> oh, really? to their whole situation. Okay. So Nolan's Noel, I don't know if you remember oh, this guy because maybe you forgot that he's an NBA player because he has yeah, not I, played a single minute. <laughs> I forgot he was an NBA player. Yeah, so this is a guy that got offered three years, $70 million in the summer. He turned it down thinking he could get a max deal. <laughs> Nobody even came close to offering him that. So he ended up signing a, a $7 million qualifying offer for Dallas for one yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so anyway, fast forward to just last week and – the Dallas Mavericks are playing a game at halftime. Nolan's Noel goes over to the media room, basically the room where all the media members kind of hang out at. Um, literally no NBA player goes in there. At least not <laughs> during when the game is going on, but he just walks in there and, and he just takes a hot dog and just sits there and just eats it. Takes it back what to the, the bench and just eats a hot what? dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What? Why is this guy not playing at all? I is have he, no like, idea. Injured? Is no. he like, uh, is he on timeout? Like, <laughs> what's the deal? I have no idea. This might be one of those That's buyout so candidates later on in the season. But yeah, Dallas, I think, should be better than they are. But you got a guy like Norlands Noel, a young NBA ready seven footer, and he's sitting on the <laughs> bench eating hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> got to get his nutrients. Yeah. Man, and that's sec- insane, though. I can't yeah. believe that. Yeah, and then the Sacramento Kings, well, you got young guys there, so, yeah, you just kind of Young guys and them. super old guys. Also super <laughs> yeah. old guys. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. Just, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, except fishing, uh, and that's why as... Vince Carter and Zach Randolph ended up <laughs> yeah. there. It's kind of like... Yeah, no, they're, know, the re- they're getting the re- a head start on retirement, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so moving on there on a more unfortunate note, you got a couple people who are basically done for the season and yeah. probably fishing while at the same guys time rehabbing. Guys that I really like, man. Yeah. I love these guys on this list. Jeremy Lin, of course I love him. He, mm-hmm. he Of course he gets injured for the season's first game. This yeah. Is classic Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Pat Beverly, classic Clipper getting hurt for the whole season. Gordon Hayward, that one stings a lot. Uh, would have loved to see him play on that team. Yeah. Uh, they're playing awesome. And then Brandon Knight, he, he was fishing before the season started, so <laughs> just thought we'd sprinkle that one in there, though. Yeah. The last point guard that the Suns made, the last point guard that the Suns basically gathered 
on that team for who knows what reason when they had Isaiah Thomas, Goran Dragic, yep. Eric Bledsoe, <laughs> and added Brandon Knight. And now all those guys are gone except for Knight. And, I mean, he has yet to even put a Phoenix Suns uniform on. <laughs> <laughs> no idea yeah, what's going the on there. For you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so moving on from there. Coach. What was that? Oh, yeah. No, let's keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Let's see who was the bigger bluff. A couple teams came out here pounding their chest, uh, winning some surprising games, making their presence be known only to quickly fizzle away. Yeah, Memphis, Nets, and the Magic who fit into this <laughs> into this um, criteria. Who do you got, Sean, as the biggest bluff? Yeah, so as the biggest bluff, I mean – Memphis started the season well. They had an injury. I'm not going to fault them for that. Mm-hmm. The Nets, I never really believed in, so their bluff wasn't very good. Yeah. I, I would have to say the Magic. They they almost fooled me. They So before the season, I was calling them the scrub squad. I was mm. like, these guys have nobody that I care about. And then they come out on like a tear to start the season. I'm like, oh, well, okay, maybe these young guys figured it out. But then did me proud. Got on a nine-game losing streak to uh, get back to where I thought that they would be. (laughs) Yep. Uh, This is a team that kind of just started off red hot. You had Evan Fournier, Vucevic playing like the the best center in the league. Aaron Gordon (laughs) shooting lights out from three points. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at the numbers, it was really only a matter of time before that kind of fell apart. Um, But, I mean, I was kind of a believer for a little bit, honestly. I knew it was going right, to fizzle yeah. away, but didn't think it was going to go as hard as it did. So to go on a <laughs> nine-game losing streak, oh, man, that just speaks to the character of this team. They kind of, <laughs> you know, just just fault, just kind of go in a corner when things get hard. And yeah. they kind of let themselves fall back into bad habits. And, I mean, Aaron Gordon, not he started off trying to establish himself as a guy who deserved to be in the discussion for a max deal. But now... Not so much. No. I mean, yeah, 18.4 points a game, eight rebounds. Like, okay, like, that's nice. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. But not if not if you're going to be the best player on this team, trying to be a winning team, like, these yeah. are not good numbers. And then on the defensive side, this team gives up 111 <laughs> points a game. That's so many points a game. That is that's ridiculous. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah. That's so bad. You're not going to win um, very many games doing that. Yeah, even with the return of Alfred Payton, uh, he's been playing <laughs> sort of good, but he still he hasn't sort done of good? much. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's very uh, average. He's very average. <laughs> yeah. His hair is not average, though. His hair is insane. Dude, I yeah. don't even know what that guy does with his hair. Like, is he trying to do the things that happen with his hair? Or is he just like, yeah, this is how I woke up. I'll just figure out a roll with it. Yeah, exactly. He's got like little things that like his hair kind of just hangs out on the side sometimes. It's kind of interesting. Sometimes it's on the right side, sometimes it's on the left side. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. He's got like this one hair strand. No, yeah, there, but, dude, he has this. It's like it goes up, but then it like points out like a like an anime character. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's so ridiculous. I wonder uh. if he. If he spent more time watching game film than doing his hair, maybe this team could steal one win, you know, just one win here and there. <laughs> yeah, if shaving the hair was worth one NBA win, I would do it as an NBA oh, yeah. player. I would take that win for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do we see any of these teams kind of making a comeback at some point this season? No. No way. 
Yeah. I think the closest one is maybe Memphis just because they did lose Mike Conley. But if he comes back in a reasonable amount of time, yeah. That's true. That is true. Like, at, at if this he's point, not going to come back anytime soon. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. It's got to be, what, three weeks out? Maybe longer? It's been a, It's been at least a few weeks, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and even then, Memphis might. No, that's a stretch even. I was going to say maybe they get close enough to fight for that eighth seed, but that just seems uh, to be yeah. a stretch at this we, point they're, now. They're in that gap with the Lakers and the Clippers where they're just, they're just kind of beyond hope. Yeah, but yeah, there you go. I agree with you. Orlando Magic bluffed the hardest <laughs> out here because they still got yeah. their whole core intact. The Nets lost D'Angelo Russell. Memphis lost Mike Conley, and they have a horrible yeah. bench. Right, yeah, like <laughs> the Nets lost D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Magic. Good job, guys. You almost fooled us. <laughs> yeah, so now let's recheck some of our bold predictions, and these kind of like – overlap with what we discussed earlier but my bold prediction was that the bucks were going to finish number one in the east are they on <laughs> no. path 25 percent into the season are they close to it sean not says no even, not even you are you gonna disagree with me tell me you're gonna disagree with me i'm gonna have to disagree with you because oh there's no way God. i'm letting this go 25 percent in the season you know and math Math still says that it's possible. Yeah, okay. For them. Have fun with your math. My math <laughs> is that they're 13 and 10. Yeah. Uh, th- there's no there's no magic that's going to happen here. The frying pan that Giannis signed, they're only 5 and 4 since that. There's nothing going either way there. Yeah. They'll, Maybe they'll make the playoffs, but that's that's about it. Yeah. Maybe it's a stretch that they they'll finish number 1, but I still am willing to to believe that it could happen. And that's because I'm still not a believer that the Boston Celtics are that dominant of a team. And I think the Cavaliers are going to have Bucks some growing are? pains. I think the so, Bucks man. Are? I just, I think <laughs> so. And I think the Cavaliers are going to have some growing pains once Isaiah Thomas comes back. So they might lose some games uh, there. And I think when nah. some teams are not hitting their stride, that is when the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be hitting their stride. And here's what I got for you. They're eight and four since Bledsoe has started. Um, and That's pretty good. So they've got some things they're working on right now. They have the fifth worst shooting bench in the NBA, which is bad. No. But the, all That's that means bad. is there's lots of room. There's lots of room for growth there. <laughs> I can say the same thing for Lonzo Ball. <laughs> True. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon hasn't been adjusting very well, at least up to this point. He's His field goal percentages have kind of dropped off. He's admitted to losing some confidence. So I oh, think once man. he gets going a little bit, and let's not forget you got Jabari Parker still coming back at some point this yeah, season. that's true. So Dude, there's I, hopeful I, signs. I feel bad for Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a feeling this would happen to him with Bledsoe coming in. Like, he was playing very well. Uh, turning mm-hmm. into a solid NBA player, and just the circumstance that he's in now, he's just not getting the opportunity. Yeah, uh, it's too bad. Yeah, but I mean, but, if you want to be, if you wanted to win some games, uh, there was something like this that was gonna have to happen. Yeah, I like mean, this. This helps give the Bucks an extra edge, and like Aiden forces Bledsoe started. Like that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one so, in the East, no. <laughs> I think we got a small sample size since Bledsoe has come back, so I think revisiting this once we're 50 percent into the season um will be good and let's see where we're at then maybe then i'll collapse on this 
But yeah, until when, now, I'm when still the, a when believer. They're, when they're uh, when they're 24 and 18 in our in our half season recap, then we can uh, <laughs> we can see how you're still feeling about that. All right. Well, moving on from that, your bold prediction was that the Cavs were going to finish over 55 wins. I obviously no, disagreed with not oh, the, the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. Both with the same this, letter. This I got is confused. not even bold. This isn't even bold. This is honest. That's a conservative win count at this point <laughs> in the season. Yeah, I'm gonna have to still disagree with this one. I think they're gonna oh, cu- they're gonna just that. come. They're just gonna come a nail short of this. They're gonna oh. go like 53 <laughs> or 54 wins. Oh, at least you're creeping 55. up there. You start you started with 50, and now you're creeping up to 53, 54. By mm-hmm. our by our half season recap, you'll be at 60. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I still am not a believer in the offense for this team. I I still think that it's not good enough, and I think they're gonna lose some games here and there because of that um the bench is the worst field goal is the worst shooting bench in the entire league they have the worst field goal percentage uh they're basically That's ranked 20th in field goal percentage smart. um yeah marcus smart right there for you 15th and free throw percentage so i mean these numbers tell some story um so i'm not a believer that they're going to be that dominant i think they're going to lose some games and they're going to finish just a nail short of 55 wins so I found this uh, ESPN statistic that they run. It's called the expected win percent calculation. Mm-hmm. And it basically projects where how many wins they think a team will get by the end of the year based off how things have gone so far. Mm-hmm. And they projected the Celtics to win 63 games this year. I think that's a little ridiculous. 63? <laughs> <laughs> 63 games, man. That's all. That's all I got to say. They they got some advanced algorithms and metrics. <laughs> I'm calling 53 or 54. And let's revisit this at halfway and see where it's at. I'm, 63, that would even be less than what they'd be projected to right now if they were conti- continue their trajectory. That's all I'm saying. Man. It's a step I down. Cannot, I just, <laughs> man, this young squad, man, there's something else. But I think, the, I think this... The thunder, the light's going to go out for a little bit, and they're going to lose some games there to make them finish a little hair short of 55. No, but nope. I still got from... at 55, man. It's not yeah. even bold. It's not even bold <laughs> at this point. It, it's a lock. <laughs> so moving on here, Utah. Will Utah make the playoffs? Um, that was a pretty well, bold prediction. They have a very good chance, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so this is probably an argument against the statistic that I just brought up for Boston is that this same statistic is projecting Utah to win 55 games by the end of the year. Yeah. That's not happening. If, if I think <laughs> that's the Celtics insane. are, no, yeah, that is <laughs> way too many Utah's games. Gonna win 55. I don't know. They, they should probably check a few of their lines of code to figure out <laughs> what the heck's going wrong there. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I do think that they'll finish pretty close to 500. At least, mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I honestly think they're at this point. It basically, with Rudy Gobert coming back, Donovan Mitchell really coming into his own. Al- Alec Burks seems like a hell of a scorer, and I mean, you don't even have to rely on Ronnie Hood anymore, who was a very streaky shooter. So I very think streaky. this team. It, I think that if I'm a betting man. I'm giving them a real more than a better chance for them to finish as the eighth seed. So basically, a little a touch yeah, a, I- a, a a touch above 500. So. I think this is a good team moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and, dude, Donovan Mitchell, like, 
this guy is actually making rookie of the year slightly interesting. Yeah, he is. I think like, I mean, Ben Simmons is still Ben Simmons. Yep. And he's always been Ben Simmons. Like this whole season is like, Oh yeah. Like it's not even like a contest, but the way Donovan Mitchell's played the last three games, he's averaged over 30 points a game. The last three games. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. He's on a tear right now. Yeah. And if Ben Simmons wasn't a rookie, he'd be the front runner. I agree. Yeah, it kind of almost sucks for this. This is honestly a really talented draft class, and we knew that going in. But it's it's crazy how it's coming from guys that are unexpected, like this Dennis Smith Juniors of the world, the Donovan Mitchells of this world. Yeah. And it's it makes it fun. I mean, I really wish Lonzo Ball had was joining that, that <laughs> right, celebration yeah, train, but he's really not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Utah, man, they're getting it done. Rudy Gobert's back. It'll yeah. be exciting to see if they can continue their winning ways. Yeah, I'm excited to revisit this once we're halfway through and see where they stand. For all we know, uh, they kind of follow the same path as the the Memphis or Nets or Clippers of the world, but hopefully not. Hey, I can only hope so to give my Clippers any chance, any chance they can get, man. They need all the help they That's can true. get. That's true. Yeah. So moving on from there, I think this is like some of one of my favorite categories we started since the season has begun, and that's uh, yeah. finding some of the worst performances of the week. But this time, um, I went through some of our past nominations and I put together the nominations for the worst individual performances of the year thus far. Uh, worst so, of the worst. I like it. Yep. The worst of the worst. <laughs> So one here from November 1st is Rodney Hood. In 20 minutes, he went 0 for 11 with only two rebounds and two assists. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad one. Like in context, out of context, this looks like horrible. But in context, you got Stanley Johnson in 40 minutes shooting 0 for 13. (laughs) Yeah, that one's bad. You go 0 for 13, 0 for 6, two points total. Um, At least you walked away with four steals. Yeah, hey, he got some sort of stat up there that was good. Yeah. But yeah, 40 minutes, you just, all you do in 40 minutes is you just go out there and you just shoot a bunch of bricks. (laughs) Just kind of lay out the brick house out there. (laughs) (laughs) Make a brick fortress. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here's your dude, Wesley Matthews from the Clippers. 0 for 9, 0 for 5 He's from not a Clippers. Oh, no. This is not a Clippers, dude. He's a Maverick. What does Wesley Matthews play for? He's the he's on the Mavericks. Oh, duh. The, you know who I was confusing him with? Wesley Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's fair. All right. Wesley Johnson's also not that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could. Wesley Matthews goes 0 for nine, 0 for five from three point with two turnovers versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh man. Yeah, that <laughs> that got me like negative five fantasy points. Yeah, I think he got like a few rebounds to maybe help that out. Yeah, uh, but and speaking for all the of praise, Donovan fortresses. Yeah, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, three for twenty-one, and a zero for one free throw in that game as well <laughs> in thirty-one minutes. Uh, yeah, that that's eighteen bricks right there. That's that's more than any of these guys, <laughs> even though he even though he made a few shots. That is true. The refs were giving him no love in this game. <laughs> Yeah, how do you shoot 21 times and only shoot one free throw and miss that one free throw? I don't know, man. That's that's <laughs> that's kind of odd. But what? Oh, this guy's at least redeemed himself this season. But oh yeah, complete redemption. Mm-hmm. But 
who do you give the worst of the worst award to for this quarter season? You know what? I'm going to have to go to Stanley Johnson. I mean, you play 40 minutes and yeah. you go over 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That happened really early in the season too, I think. Yeah, against the Hornets. Uh, are you going with Stanley Johnson as well? Oh, that's so close between him and Donovan Mitchell, but yeah, I got to <laughs> go with Stanley Johnson, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to play that many minutes and you don't make a single shot. I mean, I wonder how many I don't know if you could actually maybe not. Average people probably would still go 0 for 13 too, but I mean, how many D 40 minutes is so much. That's so much <laughs> of the game. Yeah, you could literally just stand that's underneath like almost the basket. The whole, it's almost the entire game he played. <laughs> and this is what he gave. That's kind of crazy. I guess, like, they just don't really have that many guards to have played that at that moment. Like, how do you not just take this dude out and just replace him with somebody else? Yeah, anybody. You yeah. can put you in there. Let's, let's put Allen in there, man. <laughs> yeah. But congratulations, Stanley Johnson. You... Received the quarter <laughs> award for the worst individual performance so far this season. Man, that's going to be hard to top. Do you think we'll have a better one by the half season? I don't know, man. I've been like, I was looking for some um, bad performances and I, I couldn't find anything that was better than any of these numbers, at least in the last uh, two weeks. But I mean, we still got a lot of season yeah, ahead of us. Yeah, there'll be some contenders. <laughs> Maybe some Donovan Mitchells. I mean, Stanley Johnson's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's still starting for that team. <laughs> I know. He just doesn't shoot as much now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go figure, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so on final thought, let's go ahead and close the, the podcast on the quarter review with a guy who, who's been making headlines ever since this NBA season really started, since free agency, and that's... Uh, LeVar Ball alongside with the rest of the Ball family. So if you haven't heard, uh. <laughs> LeVar Ball has decided to pull all his kids off of UCLA and they're planning on going some other way. So the final thought here is who's the biggest loser, the Ball brothers or UCLA? The Ball brothers. <laughs> the Ball brothers don't get to go yeah. to their <laughs> awesome college that's right down the street from them. Now they're going to have to go somewhere else either. Yeah. In the L.A. area, that's a worse school, or abroad, that's a <laughs> decent basketball school. Like, it's just a lose-lose for them. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny. So the relationship with the Ball Brothers and UCLA sports is kind of over. Um, I kind of think it – I think it's a – I think it's a bad decision, but I don't think it's the worst decision. And the only reason I say that is, I mean, hey, if you think you're good enough to capitalize and make some money off your ability to play basketball – why not go for it, you know? <laughs> However, yeah, it is it is a difficult um, world that they're venturing into, especially when you consider that LiAngelo Ball isn't really considered to be a lottery picker or really an NBA prospect at this point. So, yeah, yeah, not even like a second rounder. I don't think any scouts really looking at him seriously. Yeah. So you're banking on a lot. You're banking on develop. You're developing your your son or Leangelo Ball is looking at himself developing in some European league out there where he's going to be a boy amongst men as well. Yeah. Maybe they're not NBA talented, <laughs> but those guys are still pretty damn good, and they're probably not going to be um, as parenty as some of the staff at UCLA. So you're you've right. Ball, you put your you put your sons on a journey that 
It's going to be pretty tough. You know, the, I mean, the biggest loser in this is, like, the brothers. The biggest winner is the big baller brand. Every li- <laughs> Literally every controversial thing he does just gives him more and more attention. The, the brand gains yeah. equity every time he does something stupid like this. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought that the big baller brand would be in the same sentence as the president of the United States? But here we are. <laughs> That Donald will receive his own pair of big baller brand shoes in the next couple days, depending on how quickly UPS can get it to him. I don't know, man. I don't. That that would be almost like a thank you, a symbolic thank you. No, I don't think Lavar's in the market for those. Yep. But yeah, I I think me and you agree. Yeah, the biggest losers is the Ball Brothers, and the biggest winner, the big baller brand. They're away from the the evils yep, of LeVar. the NCAA. <laughs> Just milking that cow, man unbelievable yep well thanks everybody for tuning in if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to check us out week in and week out with weekly nba news where we break down the best performances of the week the worst performance of the week and the nba headlines going on um so don't forget to check us out on soundcloud itunes tune in uh google play we're everywhere we're everywhere have a good week guys